Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Welcome to the podcast of the Kadesh Family Church, Newark Branch, a place where Jesus resides. Our main goal and purpose is to provide the solid foundation of Bible-based teachings for our day-to-day living. Preached to you by our residing pastor, Reverend Dr. Charles Osset. We hope you are blessed by the Word of God, and may your life never be the same. The preaching of your Word. Let it not be the enticing words of a man's wisdom, but let it be the demonstration of the Spirit. Father, anoint these lips of clay. May I speak the oracles of God. Give me the tongue of a learned writer. And Father, by the preaching of the word, let demons disappear. Let evil spirits disappear. Let sickness and disease disappear. And let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and be seated. She sang about maximum impact. Hallelujah. Go where you want to go. Preach you want to preach. Have maximum impact. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Maximum impact. Not partially impact. Maximum impact. Hallelujah. Well, July is evangelism month. That is why we should dress down. But the whole idea is to feel comfortable. So whatever way you, whichever way makes you feel comfortable, fine. Comfortable and decent. I have to add the decency to it. Because sometimes your being comfortable may be indecent. <laughs> Hallelujah. But comfortable and decent. Amen. And so far you all look comfortable and decent. Amen. So you all pass for today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yep. But we are talking about why the church was established. We're talking about soul winning. Amen. Amen. But before we do that, let us memorize our verse, which is Psalm 90 verse 12. Psalm 90 verse 12. One, two, go. Again. Psalm 90 verse 12. Let's say it one more time. It's very simple. The first one says, so teach us to number our days. Go. Again. Again. Then the second part is that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Go. Again. Again. So you understand? So teach us to number our days. And the reason for that is that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Amen. So take it off the screen. Go. Psalm 90 verse 12. That's the reason. You see, and every time 
you hear this verse, you think of old people. No. It's not, for, it's not a verse for old people. Because the last time I checked, when I went to the morgue, I saw all age groups. Okay? When I went to the morgue, I saw young people there. I saw old people there. I saw white people there. I saw black people there. I saw females there. I saw females there. So if there is someone, or if there is one thing that is equal opportunity employer, that does not discriminate. Okay? It's an equal opportunity employer where you are guaranteed there's no racism, there's no discrimination. It is death. Hallelujah. Death does not discriminate. There's no racism among death. Hallelujah. So the Bible said, teach us to number our days. And you see, so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Because I tell you, if you know that you're going to die next week, you will, you will behave differently. You will behave differently. If you know you're going to die next week, you behave differently. Your attitude will be different. All the stupid quarrel you stop. Teach us to number our days. Hallelujah. You'll be having important meetings with your children, your wife. You tell them important things. You don't tell them to brush your teeth. Hallelujah. So when you are conscious of your days, you apply wisdom. Amen. Amen. And it's not for old people alone. Don't, don't, don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake that, oh, it's for old people. No, 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 no. Teach us to number our days. See, that thought. You see, and, 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 uh, and Bishop told us, and I'll say it again, see, the wisest way to live is to think like a dying man. I'll say it again. The wisest way to live is to think like a dying man. See, if you live your life think, thinking like you can die, you always take wise decisions. You don't do certain things. Yeah. Not that you're going to die, God forbid. I said, God forbid. You will live for a long time, but when you have that way of thinking, you understand? Are you hearing me? You see, if, for, for example, this is just an example. Even if you have, when you have that way of thinking and you are married, and you have that way of thinking, you will not hide your will from your wife. Just, just, you understand? If you think, if you have, I mean, say, if you think that way that, look, I can die, you will not hide all your finances and things from your wife because if you hide, you will die, nobody will find out. Church is quiet. If you think that way, if you, if you think that way, that this thing that I have, it is better somebody knows about it. But because you don't think that way, that's why you're hiding it. message. Because you don't, you don't, you see, if you think that way, you see, if you think that way, it, it, it may change the way you behave. Yes. Because if you know that, if you think that way, you know that I have children with this person 
And therefore, if I'm not there, who take, if you think that way, that this person that I'm quarreling and fighting and I'm insulting is the one that's going to take off my child when I'm not there. Let me preach my message. Do you understand? If you think that way, you will not even be in some financial debt. If you think that, look, number my days. Now, if I'm likely not to be around, why do I want to create, get this large bill? So that when I'm not around, instead of my, child, my children inheriting a blessing, they are rather inheriting debt. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So when you think like that, Bishop was going to say, every time think like a dying man, you take wise decisions. Not that you are going to die, but that mind makes you take wise decisions. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Maximum impact is what we are talking about. Amen. Amen. This is, I just explained the verse to you, but it's a word of prophecy for somebody. Amen. Think about it that way. Think that way, your life will be better. You see that you take wise decisions. Yeah. Hallelujah. Especially, especially in your relationships. Hallelujah. Yeah. Father, we thank you. You know what? I feel maybe I should pray for everybody. Put your hand on your head. Let's all pray. Father, we thank you for this verse. Grant us the spirit of wisdom. Deliver us from foolishness and silly mistakes. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart unto wisdom. Whatever we are falling short, Father, forgive us. And help us to live as wise people. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Okay, evangelism. Soul winning. I'm preaching from this book. Tell them. Hallelujah. Tell them. Okay? This is. Let me read some verses to you. It's a short service. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 11. Acts chapter 4. And being assembled together with them, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. That's what the guy told me. When we say Jerusalem, it's not Jerusalem, it's Jerusalem. We say Jerusalem, but when we go there, I guess you know. Welcome to Jerusalem. We say Jerusalem. <laughs> Jerusalem. Say Jerusalem. 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 It's not Jerusalem. <laughs> Is it? And they don't not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which said, Ye had heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore the kingdom again? Okay, will thou restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. 
But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That's the anointing. After you are anointed, the Holy Ghost. Anointing, fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. We, do we sing that song? Anointing, for Sweet anointing, fall on me. I want to be anointed. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And semicolon. This is English. Okay? This is colon, right? Semicolon is the dot and a comma. This is colon. I was testing your English. Colon, which is explaining the purpose. Do you understand? Explaining the purpose of the power. Why the Holy Spirit is coming. Why the anointing is coming. The reason why I want to be anointed. Fire on my head. The reason why the fire descended on their head. Holy Ghost fire. The reason for that. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem. And in all Judea. And in Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. The reason why the tongues of fire came on them. In the upper room. Amazing. The reason why the 120 guarded and the tongues of fire came upon them was for this purpose. Hallelujah. He explains it. This is why I'm giving you the anointing. The Holy Spirit is the anointing. So when somebody's anointed, the evidence must be seen here. Not that the evidence must be smearing. He's picking up dwarfs in your family. Hey. <laughs> Somebody said, hey, want to see whether the pastor is powerful? Look. Powerful. This pastor is, they don't even say powerful, powerful. This pastor is powerful, power, powerful, powerful. What? Because you told her your aunt is a witch. Let's read the Bible. If you want to see an anointed person, look. If you want to see an anointed person, you will see the way the effect of the Holy Spirit on the person. It is demonstrated by this. Anybody who is fully anointed, if you are asking for the Holy Ghost, then this is why it came. Hallelujah. This is why the anointing comes. The anointing does not come to the anointing does not come to prophesy and predict people's future per se. This is the reason why the anointing comes. The other things may be a side thing of the gift. But this is the reason for the anointing. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Hallelujah. Are you there? 
Let's read again. Verses 1 to 5. Now they were in the church. Now they were in the church that was at Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers. Prophets. Prophet 1. Certain prophets and teachers. And Barnabas and Simeon. That was called Niger. And Lucius of Cyrene and Manan. Which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost, the anointing, when you say anointing, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. The anointing is not oil. Oil is only a symbol. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. When you say somebody is anointed, it means he has the Holy Spirit upon his life. So they can pour a gallon of oil on your head. Without the Holy Spirit, you are just oily. You are just fried rice. You are just oily. You can pour holy oil, Jerusalem oil, Zomi oil, no matter the oil. So the anointing, which is the Holy Spirit, okay, and 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 and, 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 and first time, the Holy Spirit separate me, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which whereunto I have called them. Separate them for the work. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent for by who? Even though. Siren and Naga said they should go. The real person who sent them was the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So a pastor may call you and say, go and do this. Even though I say go and do this, the real person is the Holy Spirit. So when I say that, oh, I think you can do this ministry and you do it. You see, I am saying it, even though a man is speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is saying it. Hallelujah. So they being served by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Verse number 5. And, and when they were at Salamis they preached the word of God in the synagogues what? Of, of, of the Jews and they also joined their, their ministry. They did what? They preached. What did they do? They preached. They, what did they do? They when they were anointed what did they do? They when they were anointed they went about cast, uh, they predicted and prophesied about people's. I personally don't believe anybody who says he's anointed and all that they do is to pre- uh, talk about someone after you, someone after you. I don't believe it. I do not believe it. I do not believe it at all. So don't try and tell me those stories. I don't believe it at all. Hey, I said something about you. Your mother is a woman. Of course, my mother is a woman. <laughs> Please, I don't believe those type of things. I personally, I personally don't believe it. And if you are a member of this church, don't be deceived by those things. The day I catch you that you are there, you see what I'll do to you. <laughs> no, 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 stop, stop it, stop it. Stop it. Mature. Understand the Bible. Understand anointing. Understand power. And don't, don't become a victim of, listen to me carefully, don't become a victim of people who operate by familiar spirits. Preach. 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 Pre
anointed. I am very, very anointed by the grace of God. Don't joke with me. Me? Don't joke. But be very worried about people who operate by familiar spirits. Do you know why it's called familiar spirits? Do you know why it's called familiar? Familiar. Familiar spirit. The word familiar because it is it, it, it's a spirit that knows your circumstances. It's familiar. It's a spirit that is familiar. It knows your circumstances. Hallelujah. That's not anointing at all. Hallelujah. They preach the word. Sent by the Holy Ghost. They preach the word. I said, sent by the Holy Ghost. What did they do? Sent by the Holy Ghost. What did they do? You are anointed. You will see the anointing in your proclamation of the word. Look, the Holy Spirit is, you see, let me tell you something. One time I was with Bishop. He came to visit me. Bishop came to visit me. I was living in um, Woodbridge. Yeah, Woodbridge. No, there's the, the, Menlo Park, the Menlo Park Mall is just down the road. So I think he wanted something. So I took him to the Menlo Park Mall. And he bought something. Something not, not, not important. Somebody, can you believe? At the counter, when she was paying the lady, she just looked at the lady and said, are you born again? At the counter when she was paying the lady, she said, are you born again? Do you know Jesus? And I was saying, my head, this man, pa... <laughs> <laughs> We've come to buy something that we are going. Is it not to come and witness to a girl? How many of you are going witness to a girl at a cashier? You really feel embarrassed. But then I understood the anointing upon his life. Because you see, the Bible says that do not be drunk in wine with wine. Do be not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So okay, so here the Bible tried to describe the effect of the anointing like the effect of alcohol. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible tried to uh, re- describe the effect of anointing as alcohol. In the sense that when somebody is really drunk, they have no control over the activities. drunk. The old people are drunk. They have no control. They do what they want to do. They talk a lot. Sometimes they even do inappropriate things. Because the person is drunk, even when they are done, they be between them because he's drunk. The person is hit. That is why he will pee. And yes, the person is drunk. Hallelujah. In other words, under the influence of the alcohol, you lose control of yourself. You just, you understand what I'm saying? In the same way that when someone is heavily unwanted, 
Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he has no control but to witness. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You have no control. It's like anybody you see, you want to share the gospel because the anointing is heavy. The power is there to be a witness. Hallelujah. So they, they, they don't even look at whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. They just do it. Just like an alcoholic. They don't care. When they are drunk, they pee everywhere. They speak nonsense. And then when they come, so I'm sorry I was, I was drunk. <laughs> are you hearing me? Yeah. That's what that, that, this man is very, very anointed. Because when you read the Bible, hallelujah. Are you hearing me? So, so, to to maybe to simply say, the way to measure the effect of the Holy Spirit on you, the index, the indicator of how much you are anointed, is, is, is revealed by your witnessing power. So as you haven't spoken to every nobody for the whole month, it shows the amount of anointing on your life. I'm preaching. As I'm preaching. As you struggle. I mean you, you struggle, you feel embarrassed to share the gospel. It's the same that you are not drunk here because the day you get drunk, you pee in public. Amen. see anointing, it is revealed by the witnessing power. When the Holy Ghost is fully on you, fully on you, you will talk, talk about Jesus Christ. That's why the Holy Ghost came. Hallelujah. Amen. So as you get embarrassed even to tell your colleague about Christ, Honestly, honestly. Let us be very, very careful about familiar spirits. For the, Jesus Christ said this. Some will come. Hallelujah. You want to see anointing? It's the preaching of the word. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's the preaching of the word. Amen. And the anointing is not limited to a particular group of people. Everybody can be anointed. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So let's preach the word. Nora, let's preach the word. Hallelujah. So, so as a whole month has gone by, you have not witnessed to anybody. Ask, am I really anointed? Am I with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit upon me? 
Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says many are called. Look. Anybody. 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. Hallelujah. I'm preaching from this book. Hallelujah. Look. You must be a soul winner because we are called to do the great work of soul winning. Matthew chapter 25. Put it on the screen. Matthew, no, sorry. Matthew 22. Matthew 22, 14. Matthew 22, 14. Matthew 22. For many are called, but few are chosen. If you are God and you want to save the whole world, why will you only use that God mills? How much can one person do? No, do you understand? How much can one person do? Hallelujah. So the Bible says many are called. So say salvation. Talking to people about Christ, winning souls, it's not in my job. It's your job too. Yes. I do, you do. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> many are called. Many are called. It is not only limited to the pastor. It is not only limited to the young people. Yeah, listen to me. The Bible says you must bear fruit after your own kind. So if you don't see your kind in the church, you are not being fruitful. A monkey cannot give birth to a lizard. So if we come to a zoo and there's only one monkey and 15 lizards, it means the lizards are productive, the monkeys are not working. Hallelujah. So it's your kind in the church. It's your type in the church. That is a sign that you are productive. Hallelujah. Many are called. Many are called. Many are called. Everybody. You see, let me tell you, if we would do a good analysis of ourselves, that how much Holy Spirit I have in me is defined by my witnessing power, we'll be honest. So as you struggle to tell anybody about Christ, you can say of a truth, I have very little of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because when the Holy Spirit is on you, you have no other... You see, when the Holy Spirit is fully on you, you have no choice but to witness. That's why, that's why the Bible uh, relates to alcohol. Look, when people are drunk, they have no control. He said, go straight. Pass pointing. Touch my, touch my finger and touch my nose. They are all over the place. Hallelujah. So the fact that you see people around, and you are not motivated to tell them about Christ. It's a sign. Hallelujah. You see, and I'm preaching. You see, we are talking about this because sometimes, it, you see, nowadays when you watch some Christian, I personally don't even like watch, watching Christian channels. Because sometimes when you watch the preaching on the television, you add that, hey, is it Jesus Christ died for people or what? The whole thing. It's about commercialization. Commercialization. The gospel has become commercialized. What about the people that Jesus Christ died for? Hallelujah. Everybody selling some product on TV or do uh, $21 for 21 miracles. What that, please? A dollar per miracle. Oh, 
came from Israel. By the way, I brought oil from Israel. If you want, I, I, I can sell some for you. <laughs> I brought oil from Israel. I brought prayer from Israel. If you like, I can give you some. You understand what I'm saying? Let, let, let's focus on the gospel. Hallelujah. And look around in the church and ask yourself, is my kind in the church? If my kind is not in the church, am I being fruitful? Many are called. I say many are called. I say many are called. Hallelujah. Everybody, do you understand me? We should have more young men like you in the church. Then you are giving birth. Are you hearing me? No, I should have more ladies like you. Then you are giving birth. Because you see, you are not likely to win a soul like this. You have to win your own kind. And I should have more of you, your kind, in the church. Then I know you are being fruitful. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And always use it as an index of the anointing. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. If the Holy Ghost is really on you, you cannot keep quiet. Michelle, the degree of anointing upon your life is when I see more, more young ladies like you. Amen. Yes. When you are with your friends, after you chat, you snapchat, you joke, you laugh, then you check with him. If you are fully anointed, you ask, are you born again? The father, you cannot ask that question to them. Are you going to do it? So next time you come to the reverend, pray for, see, I'll, I'll pray for you to be anointed. But the sign of the anointing will be how much you witness. How many of your friends will you talk to about Christ? Hallelujah. And the same for you. Amen. Do you want to be anointed? Yeah. Hallelujah. For many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. You see, and look, let me tell you something. Church, another reason. You see, as we keep quiet, as we don't preach, other religions are taking over. Prof, other religions are taking over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Other religions are taking over. Amen. Amen. Yeah. As you and I keep quiet. Yeah. You know, there is an alarming statistics. I grew, I used to go to London. I used to go, I mean, when I was a student in Ghana, I used to go to London a few times on vacation. And I used to stay with my cousin in Brixton. You know Brixton in in London? You know Brixton? You know Brixton? And I clearly remember that when I used to go there, you see, when I used to go to Brixton, which is like Newark, there were a lot of, I mean, there were a lot of churches. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though, the, even though the young people were bad and don't go to church, there were a lot of churches. Do you understand? But now, when I go to Brixton, I see a lot of buildings by our brothers. You know what I'm talking about? Our other 
descendants of Ishmael. I, I'm actually surprised that when I go to Brixton, I see more. Have you, do you know what I'm doing? Yes, I'm surprised. James, I'm surprised. When you go to Brixton now, you see more. So you can see that they are evangelizing. And the church is asleep. More. They are buying, thank you. They are buying the old churches. They are converting it in Brixton. In Brixton, UK. And somebody was telling me recently, even in the Bronx, they've started. They're buying the buildings. And the church is quiet. And we are fighting among ourselves. Who's powerful? Who's anointed? No. Look. Our bishop, you see, currently we have a lot of, we have a lot of denominations in the UD. We are, we are the QFC. We are, the, we are the QFC. There's another denomination in our church, Lighthouse, okay? Called Jesus is the answer. That's another denomination. So we are like QFC. We are QFC. Okay? Then there's uh, Nakazu. There's another denomination that uh, a Bishop has formed. It's called Jesus is the answer church. And Jesus is the answer is our is the group of our, our churches in the northern sector of Ghana. Hallelujah. Because if you are from Ghana, you know that the northern sector is literally controlled by the other religion. It's, it's actually controlled by Islam. There's a lot of mosques. So if Bishop in his religion, look, the only way we can also be is to, is to form a denomination. So what we are doing now is that he's putting up a lot of buildings, building a lot of churches. And all of you, if you want to... If, let me say, if you want to help build a church, come and see me. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. We are looking for people who are willing to sponsor churches. At least you can't go, but you can help build a church. Hallelujah. And we are now into a certain project. We, we are now into a project that we are doing. We found out that, we found out that $10,000 can build a church. Yes. Come and see me. You bring your $10,000, you build a church, and we'll put your name on it. Yeah. $10,000 can build a church. So we are putting up, and, 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 and the denomination, you see, and it's prophetic. It's called Jesus is the answer church. So that if anybody asks you, like in that region, what church do you go to? Say, I go to Jesus is the answer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it's strategic. Yeah. Jesus is the answer. So, what church do you go to? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer church. Hallelujah. Because, let me tell you something. If we keep quiet, if we keep quiet, they will take over. Hallelujah. Even in Newark, we are, are beginning to see it. Even in Newark, we are beginning to see it. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here with me? Yes. I said, are you here with me? Yes. Yeah. Another reason, you see, another reason that you must be a soul winner or must spread this gospel. Like, sin is actually multiplying. <laughs> Look. Look. Look, sin is actually multiplying. That's what you don't know. You know, 
some things that were, you know, some things that were so taboo and irrelevant some days ago, now they are common. It's everywhere now. It's everywhere now. Hallelujah. It's everywhere now. Some things that when you, we, we used to cring when you hear, now it's open. It is marching under pride. And be careful about pride. Listen, listen. Anything with pride, don't associate yourself with it. A proud look, a proud behavior, a proud match, don't associate yourself. The first sin in the world, the first sin in the world was not disobedience. The first sin in the world was pride. Most of us think that the first sin was Adam and Eve. The first sin was not Adam and Eve. The first sin in the world, the first sin that challenged Almighty God was sin Satan said, I will arise. I will be like the most. It was pride. The first sin in the world was pride. When you see pride, Satan is at work. Don't send me a letter. I'm preaching from the Bible. So be careful about pride in every form. A proud look, a proud behavior, a proud marriage, anything proud. But I say for pride going before a fall. When you see pride, you know that Satan, the first sin in the world was pride. I will arise. I will be like the most high God. I will sit on what I was pride. Sin is multiplying. was a child, when I was growing up, if you see a woman smoking, hey. thank you, it's what? It's what? A taboo. To see a woman what? Smoking. But now? It's normal. Thank you. Now, you see, now it's what? Normal. Say it again. Normal. Yes, this is what I'm talking to you. When sin perpetuates for a long time, it becomes accepted. Yeah. So we, sh- we should not be surprised. It's, over, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Then the other, this other lifestyle will become normal. Yeah. Yeah. We, sh- we, sh- we should not be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised at all. Because anything that perpetuates over a period of time becomes what? Normal. When I was growing up, you see a woman smoking. Hey. I remember in my neighborhood, hey, this guy in the smoke. Hey. Then we all would run away. She's wild, though. She's a wild girl. She's looking fire fight. She's wild, though. Wow. Now they smoke everything. And it's normal. Hallelujah. You see, and I'm preaching this message because we have to be careful about uh, 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 our faith and the faith of the children that are coming after us. If we don't stand up and preach the gospel and save people, our children are living in danger. Hallelujah. So preach the gospel. Charles, preach the gospel. Share the word. Let people know that the Holy Spirit is upon you. They may find you quiet. But don't worry about it. You are preaching the gospel and the anointing will be upon you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Lady, I preach the gospel. You may find it weird, but the anointing is upon you. 
Haleluya. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Amen. Now, it's 120 reasons. Obviously, I cannot give you the 120 reasons. I'm just giving you some things to go and think about. Hallelujah. Another reason why you must be a soul winner. You must be a soul winner because soul winning generates divine support and protection. Soul winning generates, okay, generates divine support and protection. If you want God to support you and protect you, then be a soul winner. Maximum impact. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. Why? Luke chapter 15 verse 7. Luke 15 verse 7. What does it say? I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented more than 99 persons which need no repentance. Amen. Verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of God. There is joy of the uh, likewise, I said to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Souls winning, it means that every time you win a soul for Christ, there's a party in heaven. Every time you win a soul here, there's a party in heaven. So you think about it. Don't you think that somebody whose activities bring you joy, you'll be interested in that person? Don't you think that somebody's whose activities always make you happy? You'll be interested in that person? Yeah. If, if you have somebody that every time he calls and you speak to him, he sends you $200, wouldn't you be happy with that person? You'll be always waiting for the person's call. If he hasn't called for a while, you say, I'm heading for a long time. How? Because you know that the call will be followed by 200 bucks. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when you win a soul, there's a party in heaven. So obviously the angels are interested in your soul winning activity because they all have a party with God, but there's no party. So even if there's no soul winning, there's no party. They say, ah, this week we have not had a party in work. The angels in work say, we have not had a party because nobody has won the soul. So when you win a soul, ah, this guy has brought a party. And therefore they'll be interested in you. For divine protection. Hallelujah. Everybody is interested in somebody who is interested in your interest. Are you hearing me? The reason why they will keep you at your job because your activities bring joy to the boss. Oh yeah. The day your activity does not bring him any profit, he'll suck you. If they say we like you, oh, work out the year, it's all because you are making them happy. Not because you, not because you are special. You are just making them happy. You are increasing the bottom line. The day it changed, you'll be surprised. The same person who said that, oh, we like you. You are the best employee. You say, I'm sorry, because you see, it is all about the bottom line. When you are increasing your bottom line, you are. 
Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Are you getting me? Yes, it's, 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 that's what it is. And the angel said, I go, your soul winning brings us joy. In fact, there's this psalm. Let's read this psalm very carefully. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. From maybe, maybe from verse 14. Psalm 91 from verse 14. Because he had, see, because he had set his love upon me. Because what? Because what? This is the reason. Therefore, I will deliver him. The reason I will deliver him because he loves me. Now, 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 Florence, now, what does God see as love? Because it's love. See, love is all, listen to me, brother. Love is always defined by the receiver, not the giver. You understand that, right? Love is always defined by what I think is love. Okay? Okay? Love is always defined by the receiver. You may think you are giving me love, but it's not love to me. You may think that, oh, maybe if you bring me uh, if you bring me banku and fried fish, it's expression of love. No, but for me, maybe love is flowers. So on my birthday, if you want to show me love, bring me flowers and chocolate. You may bring banku, but it's not my it's just, it's that one. You understand? Because love is always defined by the receiver. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Somebody may say, oh, I love you. Maybe it's for you. Love is, look, if you really love me. What? what, what, what? <laughs> Mommy, say something. If you love me, what do you want? What? Eh? <laughs> Pay my school fees. Uh-huh. So you cannot say, no, Maria, I love you so much. So I, I'm taking you to Paris. No, I don't want Paris. Pay my school fees. <laughs> It shall happen to you. Amen. Amen. So love is always defined by the recipient. Amen. And God said that, you see, I'm teaching that. God said that because you have set your love. So the love here is defined by what God calls love, not what you call love. Yes. Amen. Are, are you understand the teaching? Yes. God is the one that can define the love, not you. Yes. I, I, I know you have your own specification for love. <laughs> and what you consider love is probably different from what you consider as love. You understand what I'm saying? So God is the only person. So what does God cause love? God, God's definition of love is not the same as what Apollo Theater calls love. If you go to Apollo Theater, baby, baby, you got to show your love. Show, you see, in Apollo Theater, show your love, baby, then they'll clap. <laughs> and romantic song. No. What does God define as love? So that when we say we love God, we, we are really loving him the right way. And the answer is in the Bible. Jesus Christ, when he arose from the dead, and he met Peter at the sea of, at the sea of Tiberias, which were there, at the sea of Tiberias, he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love? And Peter was confused. So that was saying, if you love me, then my definition of love, Peter, then feed 
my sheep. So why Jesus is concerned, if you feed his sheep, you love him. So, 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 my dear brother, you would think that, oh, when I come, Lord, I live in your prayer. You, you would think that worshiping him is love. No, he doesn't see worship as love. He sees feeding his sheep as love. your story. Yeah. One day, a lady came and told pastor, not me, but uh, not me, told <laughs> another pastor, that reverend, I don't feel my husband's love nowadays. Hey. <laughs> That's trouble. That's trouble. He said she doesn't feel anymore. Hey. So the pastor asked, the pastor asked the husband, what, what, what is going on? It's so, she doesn't smack me like every way she smacked me before. So for her, love is the guy will smack it. Hey, he said he loved me. You do maybe if somebody smacks you, know it to be hey. <laughs> you do it if your husband wants to smack you. Take an abuse. You can't hit me like that. But for her, her love is the way the guy will smack her. Hey, I don't like it. Smack it up. She doesn't smack it like. So, hello, hey, leave me. Hey, why are you hitting me? This is an abuse. So, to her, love is when the guy smacks. <laughs> Ray, can you imagine she's in his one smacking? Worship God. I'm falling in love with you. You, you, you. you are just being emotional. If you are really love him, feed his sheep. Hallelujah. He said, because of this. So, I, so now do you understand the love? I said, do you understand what God means by love? Look. I have come to see that different people in the expression of love. Different people are what they consider love. Yes. You'll be surprised that some, some women, when their husband yell at them, that's love. You'll be surprised. That when the guy screams, ah, Dummy. Dummy. and they fight everybody around you. 
and, and, and when you sit down and ask them, why are you doing this? We say, what kind of is love? It's like, but I love you. Because they love you so much, they cannot stand you talking to anybody. That's, that's, that's their love. I said that's their love. Yes. Hallelujah. Hey. You see, they've killed my man. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, here, God has defined his love to us. Amen. And he said, if you do this, if you feed my sheep, then one, I will deliver him. And let me tell you something. You and I need deliverance. You definitely need deliverance. Amen. I will set him on high. You want promotion? Be a soul winner. Maximum impact. I will set him on high. Hallelujah. I will elevate him among his classmates. I will elevate him among his peers. I will make him. I will set him on high. Hallelujah. Because he had known my name. Next verse. He shall call upon me. <laughs> That's why he's not answering your prayer. Hey, Lord, my husband, change him, kill him. No. <laughs> You are fasted 24-7. Lord, I need the job. Lord, I need stability. Your word says that when the soul of our foot shall tread, you shall give unto me. My soul is in Newark. May I be established in Newark. Oh, Jehovah. He's not hearing because what was the last time you won a soul? They are rather getting fat. <laughs> I will, uh, I will be with him in trouble. See, I will be with him in trouble. And and I wish I can say all of us can be careful enough. We cannot be careful enough. One day trouble will catch you. See, do you understand what I'm saying? You cannot be careful enough. You can still cross, uh, I mean, dot, cross, dot your teeth and uh, dot your eyes and cross your teeth. But one, one day, one, one, one of them will escape. <laughs> that's what I know. That's what, that's what happens. I mean, I stand in the Newark Bethesda and I work in the ER. As I question, I just myself, the year, what crap has come to you? You cannot be careful enough. Hallelujah. So pray that God will deliver you. Hallelujah. I will deliver him in trouble. I, I, I will deliver him and honor him. Hallelujah. So you cannot be forcing people to honor you. God is the one who gives honor. Please listen to me carefully. God is the one who gives honor. Stop demanding honor for people. These people, they don't respect me. No, no. God has not given you the respect. <laughs> if God gives it to you, they will respect you. I say, if God gives it to you, they will respect you. If they don't respect you, just pray to God for that respect. Don't force them on people. Hey. You don't respect. Yes, they don't respect because God has not given it to you. <laughs> I will deliver and I will honor him. Continue. 
with long life. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life. And I believe that, you see, the accident that he showed us is very scary. You see, a front impact. Hallelujah. So for the fact that she walked up on skate, no bone broken, God has satisfied her with long life because maybe she's a soul winner. With long life. In fact, uh, theologians have shown us, people who study the Bible, they are the, five, the, the, the five-fold ministry. Okay? The five-fold ministry. Which is what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? Always remember that. Okay? Number one is apostle. Number two is prophet. Number three is evangelist. Number four is teachers. Number five is number four is pastors. Number five is teachers. Are you hearing me? Of all the fivefold ministry, the people who live long are evangelists. Check. Go, go to Bible. Do a study. Bible study. History. You find that the people who live long on earth, world renowned evan- all the world renowned gifts up evangelists. From Billy Graham, they don't die. Yeah, thank you. Billy Graham at the point was even tired. He wanted to, I can't die. So we have seen that, in fact, it has been shown that I'm just talking about statistics. It has been shown that people who live long are evangelists. Those who have the ministry of evangelists. Hallelujah. And maybe this scripture explains it. As you feed his sheep, he wants you to live long. You want God to, you want God to keep you around, be a soul winner. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so we will keep you long. It has been shown that long people who live long are evangelists. Hey. Hallelujah. Amen. The ones who don't live long are pastors. Because pressure from marriage counseling and other things. But you. <laughs> pressure. <laughs> Can't cross marriages. But you see now, you know, your pressure has gone up. But evangelists. That's what that's why we all become evangelists. Me to my evangelist. <laughs> now all of us. Bishop should be that's, that's why you want to do evangelists. But some to follow you. We are evangelists. This pastoral pressure, one marriage problem, you deal. Ah, by the time you, you finish the cancer, you the pastor, your pressure is up. You're over here. Manuska, be evangelist. Me and now my evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all want to live long. <laughs> yeah. Mm, do the work of an evangelist. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. I'm giving reasons. Hallelujah. In fact, there's a very interesting story in the Bible that maybe we should look at. First Samuel chapter 14. First Samuel chapter 14. Let's start from verse 23. So just catch the story from here. There was a situation. Israel, Israel went to battle. Jonathan did a lot of the fight and everything. But let's, let's follow the story. So the Lord saved Israel that day. And the battle passed over onto Beth Haven. You understand? There was a war. Israel went to a people called Beth Haven. And Israel defeated the people. 
And the Bible says, the Lord says, and the men of Israel were distressed that day. For they were tired and distressed. Okay? After the fight. Because they fought a lot. Even though they won, they were tired. Because, and the reason for, one of the reasons why they were tired and distressed, for, for Saul had adjudged the people saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening. So they were fighting with fasting. Can you imagine? That eateth any food until evening. That I may be avenged of my enemies. So none of the people tasted any food. They went to war. Fighting on empty stomach. Hallelujah. Amen. And all and all day of the land came to the wood. And there was honey upon the ground. There was what? You are hungry too. And there you see honey. And when the people were coming to the wood, behold, the honey dropped. But no man put his hand to his mouth. For the people feared the oath. But Jonathan heard not when his father charged the people with the oath. Wherefore he put forth the end of the rod that was in hand and dipped it in a honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes were lighted. So Jonathan, there he judged Charlie, so he was hungry, said, This honey, let me take a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jonathan ate the honey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then after that, the people then answered one of the people and said, Thy father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food this day. And the people were faint. Hallelujah. Say, hey, your dad said nobody should eat. Anybody who eats this thing, there's a curse. He placed a curse on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, let's go down. It's a long story. We'll read it. So, verse 45. So, because of that, a situation arise in the camp. Go to verse 45. Because we are closing. And the people said unto Saul. Okay, 43. There was a situation. Then Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what has thou done? And Jonathan told him and said, I did, I, I did put a test I did what? I did but taste a little honey. I did but taste a little honey with the end of the rod that was in my hand. And lo, I must die. Because I've broken the case. I did taste a little bit of the honey. I tasted the honey. So I deserve to die. Hallelujah. Verse 24. And Saul answered, Go do so and more so. For that's a surely die, Jonathan. You have tasted a little honey. You are thinking about it. What honeys have you been tasting? <laughs> I said, You are thinking about it. What little honey have you? A little honey, a little breast. You are tasting some honeys. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, what holies have you been testing? (laughs) (laughs) 
say, what honeys are you investing? A little honey here. From time to time, even though you are in church and I preach, from time to time, because a little honey you have been testing. Very interesting. Verse 45 is the verse. And the people said unto Saul, Shall shall Jonathan die? Who had wrought this great salvation in Israel? God forbid. Somebody say, God forbid. Say, God forbid. Even though Jonathan had done something wrong, he has tasted a little honey because of the salvation. God forbid. The Lord liveth that there shall not on one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he had wrought with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan that he did not die. They said, Because of his soul winning, his salvation, even though he has taken a little honey of a breast, or that, God forbid. I'm not telling you to go and taste little honey, but. <laughs> But since you know that from time to time you taste honeys, be a soul winner so that God Have you seen that? You see, I'm showing you the, the protection effect of soul winning. Some brothers are saying, Reverend, then they're yeah. So Friday you taste the honey, Saturday you go and do evangelism. <laughs> Members, so like now actually, we have five scriptures now. Back. Help us, Lord. Help us. Shall Jonathan die? God forbid. And the reason he was spared is because he brought salvation. Hallelujah. See, I'm not saying that live in sin or do things that he did ignorantly. He didn't even know. So that's that's what we should But even when you make a mistake, because of salvation, you'll be spared. Hallelujah. That, that's the point I want to share with you. Of course, he did it ignorantly. So don't say that, oh, Reverend said that, that Friday, Friday a, a little honey. <laughs> Friday, I'll go and win souls then. <laughs> it will neutralize it. But what, the point here is that soul winning even protects you when you make a mistake. Hallelujah. Sometimes because of, you, you see, sometimes you can even make a mistake at work for which you need to be punished. But because you want a soul, God forbid. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you, sometimes, sometimes you are even driving and you are tired and you are careless and you fell asleep and therefore your car swayed and an accident is about to happen. But because you are coming from an outreach, God forbid. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes if it, the document that you sub- submitted is full of lies. What you said was your name was not your name. Your date of birth was not your date of birth. Your, it's all for the, that, that if they look inside, you can be in trouble. But because you are active in church and you are winning souls, God forbid. And listen to me. And I'm speaking to you prophetically. I'm sure you are a prophet. That is the reason why God will save you. Not because of your righteousness, but because you are a soul winner. Your mistakes will be pardoned. God forbid. 
Yeah. Salvation. Shall Jonathan die? God forbid. Hallelujah. So even though things don't add up, you change the date. Twice. You change the nationality. You shorten your name. All of which have replications by the law. But because he what gets the salvation, God forbid. Because you cannot be careful enough. Sometimes circumstances force you to tell a lie. Don't look at me like a... Sometimes, yes. You are looking at me like you don't lie. You lie too. <laughs> Rosalind, I don't know how to do this. Huh? The word. I should teach the word. The most of them are looking at me like, hey, this reverend says, that is it. If you do, I stop preaching. <laughs> Sometimes the situation you are in, like Abraham, is life and death. If you say this girl is your wife, you are dead. If you say something, you are fired from this job. So you do an alteration on the document. Like God forbid. Some of you wives, you mean the way you are angry, the way you insulted your husband. That he has the right to slap you, but because you came from outreach, God forbid. <laughs> Listen. That is why I say, say he will deliver him. Shall Jonathan die? Shall Jonathan die because he made a mistake? Shall Jonathan die? Yeah, even though there was a rule, shall Jonathan die? No. Not because, not, you see, he will have died. Jonathan will have died. Jonathan was spared not because he didn't know about it. Because ignorance of the law is not an excuse. The fact that you don't know something you do, that's not you'll be spared. Are you hearing me? I say ignorance of the law is not what? So when you are driving 80 miles per hour and the policeman stops you, so I didn't see, they won't spare you. Thank you. They will say that because you saw, I didn't see that it was 80 miles, go free. They will give you a ticket. Because ignorance of the law is not an excuse. So even though Jonathan did not know, that would not have saved him. What saved him was the salvation that he did. Listen to me. As you become a soul winner, I should tell people about Christ in your limited way. May God pardon you for mistakes. Anything that is destined to come against you, God forbid. Sickness will not come against you. Diseases will not come against you. You will not be laid off. Death will not come to you. God forbid! Because you wrought a great salvation. You brought somebody to Christ. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Maximum impact. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Kalima Sokoda. Pray for yourself. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I want to be more like you. Jesus. I want to be more like you. I want to be more Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work through. 
today and we had a message about salvation that the reason why God sent his son to die is that you and I can be saved and Jesus said except a man is born again a man is born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven this afternoon you are here you are not born again you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die somebody invited you to church or you came by yourself please with every head bowed and every eye closed salvation is an individual affair somebody cannot be saved for you you have to be saved for yourself so I want to give you a few minutes think about yourself Think about where you will be in eternity. Number my, teach me to count my days that I may apply wisdom. Think about your future. So if you are not born again, why don't you lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. When I say born again, you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. The Bible said that God does not hear the prayer of sinners. It means when you pray, God does not hear. So if you are not born again, let your hand go up and I pray for you. Salvation is coming your way. Salvation. Father, we thank you for the service. We are sorry that we didn't invite anybody to be saved. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. That we shall be channels of salvation. Let many people be saved. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Put your hand. We hope you've been blessed. Feel free to join any of our services. Contact us at qfcannouncements at gmail.com. That's qfcannouncements at gmail.com.